Hello, everyone. Welcome to the very first episode of Incarceration Oscillation. Today, we'll be introducing our group. We are the Dynamo Group, and you'll get to know all of our wonderful members today. Our podcast theme is Mass Incarceration, and on today's episode, we will discuss our research questions as well as our three selected sources that relate and support to our research question. Get ready to know the people in the show and the show itself. This is Incarceration Oscillation. Perfect. Hello, everyone. We are your host, the Dynamo Group, a college class project group. Our main focus today is to talk about mass incarceration and give an interpretation about our view on the subject. We also want to share resources with you we all found on our research. But first, why don't we introduce ourselves? I'm Angel, and I'm one of your hosts for today, and I'm so happy to be here. Um, I'm joined here with uh, Drew. Hey, what's up? I'm Drew. Uh, glad to be here. Veronica. Hi, guys. I'm Veronica. And I'm also here, uh, most importantly, Beth. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> glad to be here. How's everybody's day going today? It's great. This beautiful Mother's Day. I still have not called my mother. <laughs> Don't forget <laughs> to do that. I, I, I probably would. I'll probably just order her something from Amazon and have it shipped over there on Monday. <laughs> and have it come uh, a day late. Yeah, well, I, I, either that or I drive three and a half hours to my hometown. Oh, just, yikes. But no, then I'm you good. can just blame it on Amazon. Exactly. <laughs> you be like, I ordered it like three days ago. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't ship on weekends. <laughs> All right, you guys, you guys ready to dive into today's uh, subject? Let's yes, do it. Sir. I'm sitting right. up here, the birds. Please excuse me. Oh, I was about it. to record in my car, but <laughs> I was about to record in my car, but uh, everyone we left. We get creative uh, in this day and age. We, we got this. Bird. Yeah, my nieces and nephews all are loud, and I was thinking about recording my car, so I was like, now nah, I just, I just come to the room and lock myself in here. <laughs> Perfect. All right, guys. Um, Drew, it looks like you're going to start us off with uh, your. Your source. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. All right. So the uh, question that we will be tackling today is what would be the most efficient way to lower mass incarcerations in Washington? And the reason this is important and why we're looking at it is because there are hundreds of thousands of people who have been wrongfully incarcerated who are or who are serving like um very long sentences for legitimate reasons. All right. Yeah, that is a growing issue today, but um, that we'll discuss more of that when we can. Let's tackle it. Let's do it. Yeah. All right, All right Beth, are you ready for your your uh, your uh, oh, debut, wait. your big debut? I'm scared. All right, then. <laughs> uh, tell me when I'm just, I'm just going to introduce you and then um, just tell me when you're ready. Perfect. Okay, I'm ready. All right. Uh, thanks, Drew, for that uh, quick uh, evaluation of a research question and the importance of a research question. But let's move on to our sources. First, we have Beth over here who will share her source. Hello. I have the cold, hard facts on stats for Washington State. As far as um, population, we are in 2017. According to Culture Gram Online, we total about 7,614,893 people. And those demographics fall like this. 
79% are white, 4% black or African-American, 13% Hispanic or Latino, 10% Asian, and 7% are mixed um, with American Indian, Alaska Native, and Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander. Now, in the end of 2018, there were over 19,000 people in prison, 19,523 to be exact. And that's um, according to National Institute of Corrections. In addition, we had 76,672 under probation and then another 12,000 under parole. It's a total of 108,417 people under the Washington State criminal justice system. Now, this may not seem like a mind-blowing amount, but it has jumped 182% since 1983. So we're still increasing. We're still seeing a lot of incarceration happen in Washington State. Uh, They probably think that's because maybe crime rates might be going up, or are there other kind of plays into that? You know, it's interesting, I think, because... Um, with that date, the 1980s, my guess is, I'm no expert, but with the drug on war, the, or excuse me, the war on drugs push in the height of the 80s, I'm guessing since then it just has kind of snowballed into um, more and more and more. But um, yeah, I think what's different about Washington um, is that the per capita is the most of the arrests are done in rural counties but that's probably because we have 18 rural counties only four suburban counties and one urban county which is our king county i didn't know the breakdown was like that yeah i thought that was interesting that most of ours come from rural versus a lot of the other states their um arrests come in come from the urban areas so yeah like that's what i was thinking like california like their areas is different than ours than it would be for them to get crime rates in their neighborhood yeah absolutely crazy the facts of washington's incarceration it's interesting i'd be curious to see what the pandemic year has done for the rates mm. i'm going to see what yeah, happens post pandemic i think they did release a pretty good amount of prisoners <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, that's yeah they I had to see. they so, had to because of just like capacity weight that's one way to lower it yeah 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 <laughs> but, that'll be really interesting i can't wait to see that huh, yeah i wonder out. what happened in, like the 80s to where it made like the spike increase like 182 percent like you said it probably was like the war on drugs or I'm wondering like if there was a like an increase of people entering the state that's a good question people just woke up and chose violence one day like (laughs) the 80s yeah the 80s was wild just kidding (laughs) I wasn't alive so I wouldn't know (laughs) (laughs) all right you youngins (laughs) all right Beth (laughs) thanks for sharing thanks for having me all right, let's okay. move on to our next source. Oh, wait, that's me. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. All right, for um, for my source today, it comes from the uh, the United States Department of Justice archives. And this is basically reform, prison reform plans and ideas, as well as some experimented and uh, kind of programs that exist in other prisons from the Federal Bureau of Prisons. 
Um, this is just a list of all kinds of different ideas um, in which some prisons have been testing out to kind of rehabilitate and kind of reform prison and to make it a better place for prisoners before, during, and after prison. Um, let, me, let me share some uh, some examples here. First one is building a school district within a federal prison system, which is um, has shown a 43% lower odds of prisoners returning to prison. And it's actually pretty cheaper than keeping prisoners in jail. For every dollar spent on a prisoner education, that's 4 or $5 spent on the cost of reincarceration. That is a really high percentage. That seems like it's a successful plan. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, it's but it's only like in a few prisons, so we don't know how how big that percentage could be. It's a small sample size, basically. Yeah, small sample yeah. size. Could probably become bigger or smaller depending on how many more prisons decided to pick up this program. Another one is, um, and I have problems with this, is the pilot programs. Uh, there's um, where they actually teach prisoners um, different skills. One of them is how to pilot a plane in hopes that they could fly or become pilots as a career afterwards. What's your guys' opinion on that? I think that's mm, kind of cool. If I was a felon, then I would want to learn how to get on a plane, fly away far from here. Never come back. <laughs> I don't know. I, I Imagine going on a plane with like some some serial killer or something. <laughs> I think a passenger plane, that would make me nervous. Oh, oh yeah. Sure. They might be better because they pay like better attention to detail. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They'll probably just, you know, hire people. And actually, that's one of the programs that come with the FPI or the or these federal prison industries, which kind of during prison, they train other prisoners as well as give them new skills and opportunities. So when they get out, they can come work for these places and these organizations and any other companies that are partnered up with them, kind of give them a, a good job security afterwards. I think that's a nice confidence and, and something to look forward to for them to get out of prison. Yeah. And, yeah, because so yeah, uh, sometimes prisoners end up going back to crime and um, when after prison they don't they don't return they don't uh, they don't return to normal lives they had to struggle finding a job and opportunities and a uh, housing and... and a way to uh, kind of support themselves so a lot of them go back to crime but given that opportunity to kind of uh, create a new job opportunity a new career it really fixes their whole lifestyle and uh, takes them to the right path that's great that's great. And then uh, finally, this is, this is a really important. I, I kind of agree with this one. Um, reducing the use of solitary uh, confinement and other forms of restrictive housing. Kind of stuff like um, house arrest and solitary confinement are kind of uh, issues. It can mess with somebody mentally and also could also mess with their, uh, with their family in terms of house arrest. Um, let's see. For... Um, for a solitary confinement, you can often find people with uh, kind of develop these uh, personality disorders and anxiety disorders because they're often locked up in a quiet room by themselves with their thoughts, you know. And sometimes these people spend a lot of time in that. I can't even room. imagine what it would do to somebody mentally on that. Yeah, for, I, honestly, for me, it sounds nice being in a room by myself <laughs> and quiet <laughs> without any disturbances. But, um, I don't know. I haven't haven't been in confinement, yeah. and I hope I don't yeah. get arrested. <laughs> yeah, like I, I think 
I mean, I like to meditate and stuff too. Like, quiet is nice, but I just think about, you know, that's a not for that long. It's like, I, yeah. I like being somewhere quiet, just not forced into being somewhere quiet. In a know? small I, area with nothing. I else. think I would actually like to experience, like, maybe going to jail for a night, not like on a serious <laughs> crime, but just to experience it. Cause, like, a lot of people say, even just being there when one night, you really do, like, have like a, a mental breakdown because you're like, this could be the rest of my life. <laughs> That'd be scary. Oh, man. And as for restrictive housing, these whole uh, community jails, you know, that, that's also a pro- that could also be a problem. Like those neighborhoods where there's like a lot of crime and at some point it's like, oh, your neighbors in uh, house arrest and my neighbors in house arrest, we're all in house arrest. It basically becomes a prison of its own. That community is no longer a neighborhood. It's just a prison within the city. Mm, I wonder how they get like food and stuff. <laughs> Uber? I don't know. Reads. All I can think of is, like, the elderly communities, like, the 55 and over, like, they'd be in the little great gated (laughs) areas, and it'd be wrecking havoc. (laughs) All right, then. Uh, That's that's it for my source. Um, Veronica, are you ready to share your source? Yes, I am. All right, then. Um. All right, so the source I'm going to be talking about is just kind of, it's kind of steering towards away from the statistics side and more talking about how and what we can do as Washington as a whole to stop people exactly from going into jail and stop people from getting back into jail after they had already gone out. Um, My source is actually the ACL of Washington, which is an American Civil Liberties Union nonprofit organization group. And basically, it's not just like an organization group that's just within Washington. They're actually placed like all throughout the United States. Um, But within the one in Washington, they've kind of just been focused on keeping people from um, like reoffending offenses and going back into jail, which is by creating like halfway houses, which is kind of like the staple mark um, in King County. Um, King County has been the most crime rated area in Washington within the past few years. Um, I think it's geared towards more through up through Spokane and that's with different crime rates, but um, as if like, as a whole, it's definitely been in King County and they've tried to, basically this organization has tried putting out halfway houses, which is they're getting money from groups and people that, are higher up in, let's say, um, a courtroom that they have to go down there and talk to and they have to vouch for like this money and whatever. So then they can be able to build a house or rent a house from somewhere in downtown Seattle. And basically it's a housing where if you got out of jail and you're struggling on finding a job or you're struggling on schooling and anything, basically the group they're there to just end up overall helping them not go back into the prison. Um, They've tried implementing it throughout Washington and letting like the legislators know that this is how like, we're going to kind of stop it. And it's not only just for like people that has been to jail before. It's also for people that have um, like, for example, like let's say they're waiting on a trial and they need to, to have a house to stay in to stay away from the trouble and stuff those are what the houses that in downtown seattle they have been creating for those people so i just thought that was kind of cool 
but I'm just not sure on why we haven't adapted to it more throughout Washington and like throughout other states because I think it would help a lot. Yeah, I think these organizations like ACLU of Washington are key to reducing. Yeah, and and like you said, Veronica, why are we not funding these sort of movements and and associations? It seems like it would behoove us to to put more energy into these sort of things instead of longer sentences. Yeah. Well, because I feel like the main problem is, is that people just go back into the system. It's not even about like them going their first time. It's about the reoffending and reoccurring yeah. cases that they're they're going back to do. Because, you know, for example, like what had Andrea talking about them doing schooling within prison. Well, if they don't do that, then they don't have that schooling when they get out. Then they're just going to go back to doing what they were doing yeah. when they had first got sent in there. Definitely. We provide housing in the we could uh, we could also you know keep away from other people and from you know kind of getting a bad influence they all have tendencies to come back and um have them commit more crimes yeah, yeah I think I wonder it... what, like uh, I wonder what like the daily living situation looks like in like a house like this <laughs> full of convicts <laughs> <laughs> I think the key like it just set them up for success and maybe that'll help keeping yeah. them out and giving them chances and for especially low level criminals on what they find marijuana on the on their persons and they're doing 15 years it's like really let's let these people have another chance like the people that genuinely need it, yeah. Yeah. That's all, all right. I kind of got for source, my source. Thanks. All right. Thanks for sharing with us, Ron. Cool. All right, guys. Um, what are your final thoughts for today? I just really wow. appreciated this research question. Like when we came to land on, on. I think someone's talking, but I can't hear them, so I'm like. Oh, sorry. Maybe you can't hear me. Sorry. Maybe I'll stop talking. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think you're good. Just keep going. Oh, sure. okay. Yeah. I just really appreciated our question. I think this group is amazing. We are, you know, that asked the question of what would be most efficient way to lower mass incarceration in Washington. And, and I, I think we can, we can figure this out. Yeah. <laughs> I, agree, I agree with that. I agree with that. Cause, uh, Definitely looks like incarceration will be going anywhere anytime soon. And, you know, we can't just get rid of, you know, prisons and jails because then we have all these thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people. And we're like, well, it's a problem. We just can't get rid of criminals. We can't get rid of the fact that they want to keep on committing crimes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So how do we improve the system? Yeah. Yeah. It's better to improve than, you know, abolish prisons and jails. For sure. Yeah. I got to work on facing the community. Is that all you guys have for today? That's all for me. That's all for me, yep. too. All right, then. Uh, thanks uh, for spending your Sunday afternoon. And uh, Beth, thanks for uh, wasting your Mother's Day. <laughs> it was <laughs> yeah. not a waste. It was great. I love it. <laughs> to, thanks uh, for having with me. Us. I'm 
Well, we're going to wrap this episode up, and afterwards, I'm going to go call my mom because I haven't done that yet. <laughs> Good time, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and probably order something as a gift. Nice. But, but yeah, thanks for anyone who's listening to this uh, podcast. Um, hopefully, we get an A. Um, <laughs> passing grade. And um, hopefully, we'll see you next week or whenever our next episode comes out. This is the Dynamo Group, and thank you for listening to our podcast. Thank you. Bye. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.